Welcome to the Knock on Archery podcast, where we bring all archers and bow hunters together from all walks of life with the goal to educate, empower, and inspire you to be better both in the field and on the range. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Knock on podcast. This is actually a swap cast. So this podcast originated with Andy Stumpf at Cleared Hot Podcast. If you haven't ever heard that, you should. He's hilarious and most of the time I do not know what's going to be said. And that's why the podcasts are fun. We met up in Utah. We were both there at the same time. And whenever we're crossing by in towns, we always freaking hook up. So we took over the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation stage before the TAC event started to have a very impromptu podcast. And this podcast already has been out for the Cleared Hot podcast. But for those of you who aren't listening to Andy's podcast, one, you should. Two, I just thought it'd be awesome to have it on our platform as well. It won't be in video form for us, as will some of the podcasts coming up. They're going to be from camps. There won't be the video side, but you've got the audio side. So, Hopefully, you enjoy this Swapcast with me and the one and only Andy Stumpf. Just shut your face. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty, pretty good opening. I missed you. Cheers. I miss you, too. Uh, what is this before? And I have to be careful because I've been known uh, to have too many of these when you and I get together on a <laughs> podcast, and then I have to erase the last half of it. Oh, airplane mode. <laughs> I got it. What did you make these out of? Um... So there is, <laughs> let me think about this. There's ice. There is a really good bourbon in there that. You remember was, the name? It was made by some military dudes. They're going to be here tomorrow. It was, a, it was a gifted bottle that I think we went like 60-40 with just for total transparency. It wasn't an Andy third or fourth <laughs> round pour which those get about 80 20 it's called you, a, it's you, called a holiday pour <laughs> and you're welcome yeah i, I actually was going to take off drinking until the wedding but i think it might be better to condition myself into it because we went to a music festival and denver and i partook in quite a few uh cocktails nice yeah, yeah. i feel like i need one or two warm-ups before the wedding i actually have to be on my best behavior so you don't have to worry about me um, <laughs> dude i never have to worry about you you're the king of freaking ghosting people dude like you've never got crazy to where you all you do is pull, i go to bed dude you pull everyone's strings in their backs yeah and then i go to bed you freaking just pull it till it clicks and let go and when everyone's buzzing around in the freaking place and falling over and dying then when it's like 11:30, you pull your freaking charlie sheen move and just slip out of the room and go sleep with snacks <laughs> you do always have snacks after the music festival we went over to denver's house and I started losing time a little bit around then, but apparently I took every bag of small potato chips that they usually leave out for the UPS guy and was hoarding them in the front seat as Leah was driving us back. It was amazing. Dude, I almost posted, um, when I was going to say that we were podcasting, I almost posted that uh, picture of you when you walked in our freaking spike camp in Montana when me, you, and Barclay were together. Remember when you walked in with that bag of potato, that box of potato chips for a week of hunting? Yeah. But, dude, it was like <laughs> you literally bought a full freaking box of, like, 
You guys think, asked me to. I think we had we each had a large bag of potato chips for every day we were there. And and we had a bottle for every day we were there until the third day when Barklow didn't see anything three consecutive days. I was going to say, he drank every th- bottle, every yeah. tequila bottle. When we got back with, with your bullet, like two he in was the morning. 13 sheets to the wind. <laughs> he, yeah. We came in, and he, what did he say? He goes, he said something like, you better have shot something because I've drank everything in this effing place. But then, and, he, yeah, and we I think we held up. We brought back the tenderloins, didn't we? We did. We cooked the we tenderloins cooked it that at night, like two thirty at night, and then slept three hours, and then and then briefed him on the evolution we were going to do heading back. And and, he, and there was probably a bear there. He was did, not happy he did about not that. Like that. He did not <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Barklow might be a teddy bear, but he does not like bears in camp. So that was the uh, September eleventh bull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. I forgot. We carved that thing up and then left the vast majority of it up there. Yeah, we shot that sucker in the last 30 minutes, got pictures, and... Almost broke my hand from the fist bump from Caleb. <laughs> yeah. God damn. It still hurts a little bit. He <laughs> had some enthusiasm behind that for he sure. He was so pumped, dude. <laughs> yeah, he was so pumped. That, did, was, that was awesome. Dude, you look fantastic. You need to explain to me what you have going on dietary-wise. <laughs> so I because uh, you have been posting about it, but I've been meaning to pick your brains about what you have going on. I I think whatever Matthew McConaughey was on for Dallas Buyers Club, I feel like that's where I'm that going. That was a movie about a guy with HIV, so I'm pretty sure that's well, not the path you're yeah, taking. I'm not saying that, but whatever he had to do to get to that character is what I'm saying is kind of how I feel, dude. I'm on pace right now for your wedding. I'll be 40 pounds down. What did you change? And also, so why? I just went, honestly, have you ever, have I ever had times where all of a sudden I just like make up my mind to just want to do something and I'm kind of all in or not? Yeah. For whatever reason, um, I think in November I stopped drinking for that month. And it, and it was mainly because I was coming out of like the hunting season and everything and I was ran down and I'm like, you know, just try to freaking build your body up and do it. And what's stupid is I stopped drinking for a month and everyone's like oh dude how much better did you feel and i go exactly the same i hurt in the same places i still didn't sleep you know i I felt the exact same the only difference was like i was a party pooper 30 times this month and so i kind of thought about that for two months and then i thought i want to just clean up my diet to see because I've never, like, you, you probably know this, I've never really processed carbs good. I never feel like yeah. any, like, potatoes or pot. I've never felt like that sat well with my, like, stomach biome. And processed carbs are probably even worse. Yeah. And so uh, in January, I was with Clancy, and I go, I just want to, I just want to do, like, something extreme. I go, I want to just, I, want, I, I said, I want to just see how lean I can get. And he goes... Dude, our bot, because me and Clancy have very similar structures. Who's Clancy? Mike Clancy. You know, Fancy Clancy from BRCC? You would know him. I don't think so. I thought you were talking about the author, Tom. (laughs) No, no. Uh, Mike Clancy. He's like my height. He's got a a dark beard. He wears the Bigfoot costume for Black Rifle. Fancy Clancy is his name. He just got his purple belt. No, I don't think I've ever met him. He was in the trailer out, like, behind there last year for a while when he was in transition like of living quarters but anyway he's a super cool dude super cool dude and he goes for me keto 
worked better than anything. He's like, and I've tried them all. And Rogan kept telling me, he's like, dude, do carnivore, but yeah. add berries. And it's it's too hard for me to eat. I actually like vegetables, you know. Um, so it was too hard for me to to go full carnivore, and I didn't feel yeah. like it was sustainable. I don't have the palate to eat all meat all the time every day. Yeah, so I just went uh, – I actually – I called – Clancy told me, he goes, hey, here's – the three things that I started on that I ate, which was like a couple eggs over easy. He fasted till late morning, which I, I already do that anyway. And, and actually it's curved my appetite a little bit. So, uh, I, I'm not hungry. I can fast like 18 hours right now and it's not even a problem. And, and even when I was in BC on, uh, having some like, uh, nuts and cheese in my pack, um, I drank a lot of waters and stuff like that. Like I was, I was totally, totally good to go. But I, but Clancy gave me th three things that he ate. Pretty much told me what I couldn't eat. And then Sharon got me a keto magazine. I read it, and then I called Peter Atia, and I, I told Peter I'm going to try keto. And he, and see, Peter was like one of the originals to keto yeah. when, back when he swam like the islands and everything. And he goes, he was on keto six years. So I go, Damn. I go, I go, can you give me like a starter guide of where to go? Yeah, and Keto he, 101. Yeah, and he goes, you're not going to really like mine because he's like me. He's like all in or all out. You call that being an extremist. Yeah, so Peter go, Peter's like, here's what I ate every day. And he kind of told me like it was this portion of meat. It was this salad. He ate the same three meals for six years. <laughs> or oh, my God. Three or six years or something like that. So I haven't done that, but I'll – um it's really easy for me to eat. Like I'll order a large pizza and I'll take all the toppings off and just leave the freaking whole circular dough there and just like eat that. Or if I go to an Italian place, I'll say, Hey, can I have some like grilled asparagus, some of your Italian sausage and some marinara on the side, as long as you know, there's not too much sugar. And once I started monitoring what I could and couldn't have and like how my ketones would fluctuate, I just realized like, what I could kind of do to cheat or not. And I found like a, a, a certain wine that's a dry wine. Yeah. So I can have that. It's called Palo, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm, I've been on keto since January 31st and I, I was 253 when I started. And this morning I was like 215.7. That's like what I weigh. That's right. Huh? But you're three feet taller than me. I know. I'm At least it looks that way in pictures but or when I'm on the back of a motorcycle. You know what everybody's thing is about keto? Everyone, Every person that I've talked to says, I liked keto, but it's not sustainable. I didn't find it to be for me, but I also... Wait, I think you told me. You're like, I, I was low on energy. I honestly don't find that. I, I was low on energy. I, I think I was combining two things probably improperly, the intermittent fasting and trying to eat keto but also trying to really early on figure out jujitsu as well so my energy oh, expenditure yeah. was absolutely through the roof yeah and i would go to an hour-long class and an hour-long open mat You'd and about torched, dude. 30 minutes into the open mat i felt like i was dying yeah and i might honestly if i went and, and went to a full open mat i think you know i might be gassed but in saying that there's two things so this year um i changed insurance and when I did that, like, we went with a high deductible. And they said, you know, once you meet this deductible, everything's going to be paid for. Yeah. Well, I've had, you know, tinnitus forever. 
my freaking nose has always been blocked. So I get, I went and got my, like my, I got prescription for my close vision. That sucks. I got my ears totally done. So I got like really good hearing aids for hunting season and everything. Like, you know, I mean, they were a lot as much yeah. as you could get. And then, uh, and then I had my, all my, my sinus work done and my, my nose straightened out. So now I've like, honestly, it should be mandatory that anyone that struggles with breathing the way I had my entire life, it's so different right now. Like being able to, to sleep, my sleep, it's hard to say if keto did it because just being able to breathe. Yeah. So many variables. Yeah. I have a lot of variables and I've kind of slowly added stuff back in. I'll definitely say that once I've weaned myself off of alcohol, if I drink more than a drink in a night, I definitely don't sleep as good. I, de I do know that. So how do these cocktails affect your normal dietary strategy? Um, it's Right now, it's probably about on par. Like if, if we're doing a charcuterie board or something, I'll normally pour a glass of wine, but I'll milk it the whole night. Yeah. You know, and I just won't get... And I kind of have times where I'll tell myself on this day, I'm just going to say, screw it. Like when Harry graduated, I go, where do you want to eat all day? Because we went to a bunch of spots and, and Harry's, um, he's actually working at like a tap house. So he's, he's working with a lot of like draft beers and he's, his palate's totally changing. Like Fucking he, leather aprons and skinny he, oh jeans yeah, and dude. mustache wax. Yeah. Well, not mustache. Well, he might he might wax. Not for him. Stash. I'm talking about the people he's working with. Yeah. 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 Man buns probably tied in a variety of fashions. So some days I just say screw it. I'm yeah. gonna be off. But what's nice is if I if I get off keto, I can if I get off keto and I and I'm and I fail, I can actually get back on in about 18 hours. So what I'll do is I won't eat high fats when I know I'm not in ketosis. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll go like, I'll keep my protein about where it's at and I'll go very vegetable high, but I'll drop my fat. And for me, when I've done that, I can get back into full ketosis in like 18 hours. So it's really not that bad. It's not that bad. How long are you going to do it for? What's up, everybody? Can you guys hear us? Okay, sweet. We're oh, we haven't even said where we are. We're we're, we're already we're talking. hiding in plain sight. <laughs> yeah, this that, is your that idea. Dude did so not like me taking this tree. Like, did you see that guy like looking like where's this freaking tree? Yeah, so we're at uh, Total Archery Challenge in Utah, and we literally took over Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation stage before they set it up to do a podcast, and just kind of told anyone that wants to come come hang out. So that's it. How long are you going to do this crazy diet for? I don't think it's crazy. I, I, feel, I feel so good on it, and I like how I feel when I eat. And it's not hard for me to eat on the road. And honestly, you know, you know in hunting season when I, like, really get into it, a lot of times, like, I just, I just don't really eat a lot. I might have, like, one meal at night. When I was in B.C., I really – well, I had a couple things. I did winter strong, which – Dude, I stuck to the plan at Winter Strong, which was kind of like I couldn't believe that happened. I did two different black rifle events the and the adaptive shoot, a bunch of tacks, and then, um, and then I went to BC. And when I went to BC, um, I, you know, shout out to where I hunt up in BC, um, Nick at Chipotle River Out Outfitters. 
Uh, <laughs> so <Fuck>. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I took, um, I actually, some hunters had bailed out on him and I feel bad for all the Canadian guides that have really lost business during the COVID era. So the Jeremy, Dusty, Dusty's dad, Bert. So Bert and then Jeremy actually worked for Bert before Dusty did, but Bert, was my first mentor in, in the wilderness he really was like when it came to real wilderness hunting and spot and stock bears and, and all that stuff Bert was my mentor so I feel like I owe him a lot and I had never seen him shoot something for himself ever or dusty other than a turkey when he came and helped me when I had my my shoulder surgery so I um I got bear tags for everybody and I, and I just said, like, I want you guys to shoot. I'm secondary. So Nick, Jeremy, me, and Bert stuck together, and we hunted from, you know, we we just drove those huge lakes. And when we'd spot them, we'd bail out, and we'd, we'd go. And That I setup is so awesome. Yeah. So Bert was my first guy up there, too. <laughs> yeah. That's where I learned the rule, if the cap comes off of the fireball, you have to drink the entire bottle, which is a ridiculous rule, it's, by the way. It's not. Because he would crack it and then spin it with his hand <laughs> out the window. <laughs> what the fuck, man? It's 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, there was many fireball caps, like, in the rocks, like, right at the end of, like, like before you even got on the boat. So how does that work with your ketosis? Dude, I, I, had, those, uh, I had those baby bells. Uh cheeses and cashews and i would kind of just have some of those and i would i wouldn't go crazy on the fireball now when someone killed one i would partake with the fireball around yeah. but honestly i think because i'm so strict in other times i think like when i come out of ketosis is pretty a pretty small window and i i don't know this for a fact because i'm not an expert on keto but I personally feel like if I'm if I know I'm not in ketosis and I don't go heavy on the fat side and I stick more on the vegetable side, I feel like it's the catalyst to kind of push everything through and stabilize my blood sugar, but my hunger it has been so stable. Hmm. And and my energy. Like I don't want to change it because I feel the same every day all day and in the weight room, I haven't lost any gas. And the other thing that Clancy told me to do is he said uh I go yeah running is just not for me because of the weight you know and just pounding the and incline it, walking yeah and so he goes dude I put a freaking full weighted vest on I put max incline and I put it at 3.5 and I literally hit start and I would walk for 30 minutes at 3.5 and I just go okay I'll do that and so from day one that's what I did and I mean, I'm freaking drenched. It's not like I'm yeah. I'm not smoked, but you you're like going you know at like 4000 RPMs or 3500 RPMs. You're going at that for 30 minutes and never letting off the gas pedal, and it's like perfect. And what's weird is when I put a full weighted vest on, what's a what's a full a full weighted CrossFit vest? You Ooh, get, you that varies because they have the internal plates that you can put yeah, in, or they have the ones that have the little sleeves that are like two pounds each. It no, could be I've up to like full, forty. I've got full plates, front and back, somewhere between twenty to forty. Okay, I th I figured thirty, just like holding it. Yeah. And so, 
it was amazing to me the difference because I didn't wear it at first, but then I put it on and it was amazing to me the difference of what that rucking would do. Yeah. You know, once I got once I got acclimated to where like I was doing 30 minutes and it worked out perfect for me. For those of you listening, I'm like a multitasker. So part of what I have to do is, you know, I might have to like proofread something or I might have to watch something on Vimeo to, pr to proof a video that we're bringing out. And so there'll be all these like little 10 minute videos that I have to watch and make notes on like, hey, put a B-roll of this in here and that. And so now what I do is I just put Vimeo up on my TV and I'll just do my power walk and I'm just like writing notes to Antoine. It probably makes the time go by so fast. Dude, it's awesome. And I, and I get that crap done that I don't want to sit down and do. So it's kind of nice. It'll be like, I'll go do my regular lift and then I'll just go in and like get on the thing and I'll do that stuff. Or when you wake up in the morning, you know, you've got like, I normally, I've, I've gotten really good about putting my phone in do not disturb at like 8.30. I put it on there. And then in the morning, I won't undo that until I work out. That's my rule. So if I get up in the morning and I'm going to not work out in the gym, then I can't text anybody yet. So it works out sweet. I'm like getting up, getting my workout done. I'm just like, get this done. Then you can like unlock your phone. And then when all those texts come through, if I don't have videos, I'll get on the treadmill and I'm just like texting and walking. Yeah. That's and, awesome, man. And dude, you know, when you open Graham in the morning, there's a few DM from friends. You've got texts that come through at night. You spend 30 minutes or an hour with your first couple cups of coffee at the table just like sorting your way through it. Like booting up, really. Yeah. So booting up while I'm on an incline and walking when I can handle it has been freaking awesome. What kind of treadmill did you get for your garage? Um, the Peloton. It's actually downstairs. Okay. So, so where the kind of where I used to have the bow room. Yeah. That's that all got Sharon didn't want like the Superman cave. So she's got her Peloton bike and her Peloton treadmill down there and like gotcha. some of her lighter weights and yoga mats and stuff. And then, you know, I'm in my own building with like everything I built now, which is awesome. Is I just the go in there and arrow still in the hole in the yeah, uh, door dude, from Jim Miller? Yeah, dude. Good. The painter, like <laughs> the painter was taping everything off and he pulled like he was pasting the holes in the doors and then he like was reaching to grab the vein and I just happened to come in. I go, whoa, dude. I go, don't tape that. around all that. <laughs> so he filled every hole like in that door and the whole room now is black and white. And like right in the middle of that big ass white door is like the green fletching and the knock. Yeah, like, those are treasures. You can't move those I know, things. I know. Every one of those there. has a tail. Yes. Like the arrow hole from Chad in the barn that's, I don't know. 25 feet above where he should have been yeah, aiming. Yeah, Torsten. There's Jason. A, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. For, I don't know if I've, like, publicly said that, but freaking uh, Garner freaking did it, dude. Was it a silverback, too? Yeah, so. Uh, Was it silverback plus noodle arm It just created that problem? Well, he had never shot at all, so I kind of built him a bow that was hunt ready, and he had never pulled one. So I ended up having to back it down because, you know, when I'm there working with people um, and I had Econ and Jason both there and Econ's son. Um, so two of the guys were team guys, um, both like 
Jocko's buddies. Yeah. Did you work with Jason? Ever? Not directly with Jason. We were at the same command a few times. Okay. So awesome dude, but pretty. He's kind of like a like a Bridges. He's surprisingly smaller than I would have thought. Most team guys are about his size. Dude, I am abnormally tall for a team guy. Yeah, I don't think I would have freaking made it on a lot of your stuff, like my height. I feel like I would have struggled. Cause your I look neck at like probably would have broken <laughs> in Hell Week because people ask, they're like, well, how do you pick what, what the elements or the units are that you go in training with? And it's, it's a height line. But you would have been at the far end of one of those height lines, and I suspect the next person would have been six to eight inches shorter than you. So you would have just been like sideways underneath the boat, just compressing your neck for the rest of your life. Tingling I fingers and toes. Yeah, it would have. you would have been punished. It would have been awesome. So, yeah, uh, I made the mistake of giving – I kind of thought about keeping their bows because we came to the house and we ate. And they had all their bows. They were in my truck, and they go, should we take our bows back to the school? And I go, mm, yeah, you can do that. That's cool. <laughs> and I already like, know where this is yeah, going. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I walked in the door at like 8 in the morning, and they were looking at me like, so there was an accident. And I'm like, I'm looking around like, because I'm fully expecting an arrow in a wall or something. And they, they just, like, point up, and I, like, take – I'm, like, holy crap. Like, there's an arrow through my – like, through the roof, literally, like, through – so it's, like, half in, half out, which I have several arrows half in, half out on my main building. So, like, <laughs> and my building's starting to look like Hellraiser, <laughs> you know, freaking and, – and I looked at him, I'm, like, you freaking – launched one on an air draw and he's like is that what you call that and i go yeah dude <laughs> and he's like i tried to get it down i'm like no you're not getting it down it has to stay I'm like that you live with that <laughs> you're living with that forever yeah yeah some of those bows though have a big boy draw like the new levitate that you sent me the first time I drew that back, I was like, oh, god damn. Well, I didn't want to tell you I gave you an 80. I thought maybe you would just not know. I tell people it's 95. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because honestly, uh, it, well, who were we talking to the other day when they go, uh, you have one of the new ones? And you're like, Duh. oh, Glover. Mike was, uh, when you, he was saying, I want to get one of those new bows, and you're like, they're awesome. And he goes, do you have one? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> freaking <laughs> nine months ago. So all of our first ones, I don't even think they had, uh, I don't even think they had numbers on the limbs. Like, I don't think the deflection numbers were correct. Um, I think I think I assumed it was going to be kind of a heavy 70, Oh, but it's I, a heavy 70. I think it's a heavy 80, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the arrow cast on it is almost non-existent. Dude, what, what's, so right now on my bow that I'm shooting here at TAC, I'm actually shooting, uh, I've got a number 33 sight scale on. Mine is into the 20s for the first time. Upper 20s. Yeah, I used to, though, I think my previous bows were like 18 or mm -hmm. 19. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, I went up. Ten, and actually, Sharon just did. So I just built Sharon's, and she started shooting because she's going to shoot tack with us in Montana. So Sharon shoots a 40-pound. She had shot a, a PSE Carbon, the Mach 1. She always shoots 40 pounds. She's got a 26-and-a-half-inch draw. 
and she shoots an Axis 500 with aluminum in the front. Dude, I took her sight and her rest off her old bow, mounted on the Levitate, put it at 90 degrees, shot it through paper. It was like a perfect like six-fletch dot. So then I went outside, and I put the sight on 20, but I went to like my big-ass bale because I'm like, I just wanted to hit the bale. It centered the white dot first shot, like with the sight that I took off her other one that was on 20, put it on. So 20 was good. So then I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to check this at 60. <laughs> so I went back to 60. Dude, I barely hung the top of the bale. Oh, I, wow. I had to shoot. I had to shoot her sight set at 50 and a half yards at, For the 60. at 60 to hit. Like, that's how much more efficient it was than that old large cam that was down that much compared to the... The Levitate in itself is faster for sure, but I think the, f the efficiency at her draw is spectacular. And so she went from a number two sight scale to a number 11. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean. Denver's loving his, by the way. That was one of the best gifts ever. He was also classic guidance. Like, hey. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, when he first, when we first came out and I brought uh, Denver Lee and Erica, and you're like, just, you know, shoot at short range. And then all of a sudden, you're like, where'd Denver go? And he's just out on your range. Just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How can you not, though? Well, I put the sight scale on his, and I go, hey, dude. He goes how far will I be able to shoot with that? And I go, if you put it on the number, that's how, that's far. how far it's going to shoot. And I said, however, the best thing you can do is get a thousand reps with your silverback at close distance, big target, just really work on the shot. Dude. That means immediately I, set it to 100 and just drop them in. I literally went and started the Traeger <laughs> up and came back around, and not just him, everybody. <laughs> I mean, the girls were dropping 60s like 20 arrows into their life. Yeah. Which, I mean, you went to 100. like The first day with you. Yeah. I was actually, uh, we're only, dude, we're only uh, two weeks off of our, I think our five or six year anniversary. Yeah. Us. For sure. So, like, the first, of second, of second. The second official meeting. First official. How It'll be the second official meeting, but the first time we remember. <laughs> <laughs> but freaking barely, dude. Seriously. Because that first night, I just thought, like, sh you know, because Sharon hadn't really met you. Yeah. So I'm like, let's just hang out. So we just sat on the back deck and hung out. And drank everything in your house. Dude, I did not realize, because honestly, we had that fire going, that little propane fire. Yeah, it was around late the August. Iowa was dude, beautiful outside. It was yeah, it got dark at like nine thirty, and yep. then we sat out there till probably two thirty three. Probably. And when we went out in the morning, well, you beat me up. I was hurting. I, I mean, I was, I was like, oh damn, yeah, I freaking, I'm hurt, I'm hurt. When I woke up, I, I text Sharon. I'm like, are you okay? And she goes, I'm in the kitchen. And I go, all right. I said, we'll just stay quiet, and maybe Andy'll sleep in. She's like, we're out here talking. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I, like, crawled out there. And you guys are just living it up. And then I, like, looked out the kitchen window to our little setup out there. Dude, there was three wine bottles and a full, was it bullet? It we, was. We drank a full bullet. Yeah. And a Tito's? Probably. And the wine. Yeah. 
It was. It was a quality effort. It was vicious. <laughs> we've <laughs> backed it off since then, occasionally. No, no, well, <laughs> we've definitely backed it off in the last year. We don't get to see each other as much, though, nearly as much. Our hunting schedules haven't aligned either. And last year they did. A little which bit. Was awesome. Yeah. Well, that's true because we both went out uh, Eastern Montana. Most importantly in our schedules, though, when are we going to get you back in the air? I'm ready right now. I think I'm going to have to check with my buddy Jim, who I think you met. I he, think we go back to SD. We like, have to. I'm, I'm totally down. I'm totally, like, good going down. Is it best to jump in the morning, early morning, like right at first crack? Or is um, it? I, it doesn't really matter. You're going to have less wind. Uh, and for wind coming into a canopy, if you have a little bit of wind, it's actually going to perform better on that, that flare. But there's, I, I personally don't think there's a bad time of day to jump. Sun up, sun down. I mean, just get after it. Dude, I think we need to do a, like, I want to book an actual week where we go down and let's do the trifecta again. Because I think it'd be cool. You and I could, could because I'm not going to get up at, like, 4.30 with Jocko to work out. I also am not going to do that. But I would definitely, I'll get up to get my shit done at that time and then... I would like to go jump till like noon and then we come back and like grill chill. I think we need to like go to victory, roll a little bit. I mean Are you, you sure that you want to do that again? I'm, dude, I'm good. Yeah. Your second data I mean I maybe just don't roll with Jocko. Your second data point. You have one of one right now and it <laughs> is a broken neck. I don't know. He kind of like softened up though. He taught me a freaking triangle last well, about a year ago. He's like yeah, there's probably a lot of stuff you should know first. He's like, but with those legs, if you can just do this, you can. Denver's the same way. He's a damn near. How tall are you? Six seven. <laughs> six five. All right. Well, he's like six four. His legs are I think so he's taller than me. Is I, he? I don't know, but he's a nightmare. Yeah. And the length of his lower body, when he puts those things together, he's already doing a great job of using them to keep people away. It's yeah, a, dude. A nightmare to get past. But once he learns how to grab people and lock them up. It's going to be just utterly miserable. Yeah, because we were just working on. He was. He was just. He, I think I was down, and he was down, and we were just working on like how to pivot, like mm-hmm. just feel with your feet, you know, inside of thighs. Yeah, Lee was having you just put them on the hips so you can maintain that distance. And granted, I know that I don't know anything, and he knows. At that time, he didn't know a lot, but if he knew one thing more than me, it felt like a thousand things more than me in jujitsu. That seems to be the way that it goes. Yeah. So I was like, okay, shit. Like if Denver got pissed at me tonight, I'm just going to get my ass beat. <laughs> like I, th- I was literally <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to have to come in hot and heavy with some type of an object. Like at this point, I feel like if I know someone rolls, I just literally have to put a broadhead in them. It's my best bet. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, there are other things than bows and arrows that you could use that are a slight, slightly more concealable, but go with what you're comfortable with. <laughs> For me, I'm, I would rather just be like, you know, meet me on the playground at freaking noon and then just freaking <laughs> send one in at triple digits, dog. <laughs> freaking just take a limb out or something and just get in there and go after it. We definitely need to do another jump trip. It, uh, I'm, I, I'm I had 100% take, down. I had taken. I loved a, jumping. I had taken a good amount of time off uh, from jumping after jumping with you. I, I made I made you do that. Take the well. There's a difference between base jumping and skydiving. Skydiving. It, there is risk involved in that, but I am at a point where I feel like I have enough time in this sport and experience that the risk is much, much lower. Base jumping is is a completely different ball game, even though they look very similar, especially like pictures in flight. Yeah. 
the beginning, the end, and a lot of the in-between can yeah, be totally dude. different. So that, I'm not necessarily interested in doing that anymore, but skydiving, it's just something I've been doing for over 20 years at this yeah. point, and I was able to get Mike and Evan down there. We did a really cool trip, and Jeff Bramstead, the uh, owner of Skydive San Diego, he's like, listen, make this your home DZ for this type of stuff. Dude, I, I, I was want amazing. that at my home, because honestly, I've got like two surfboards now at Jocko's. Yeah. Like, and and I wanna, I actually want a B and B in SD for like a month. I need, I need to, I need to do my writing where I'm not being tackled with like. Because every time UPS comes to my house, it has homework in it. Yeah. And people don't, you know, it's not like it's, and it's nothing I can show. Like I can't make a post like here's what I'm doing today because that thing might not be out for two years. Yeah, you're on like 18 to 24-month design cycle. Yeah, so I'm like as soon as UPS comes and especially when the box isn't labeled, you know, like if I, if I see a really shitty tape job on a box, I know it's Barclow. Like it's coming from Sitka and it's almost like they find boxes from a hobo to send me like samples <laughs> in. Dude, it's not even a good box that is around the factory. It's almost like they purposely give me an old litter box. They probably want to make it look shitty so people don't steal it, though. <laughs> Maybe. Because like, you're 24 months ahead working on their design process. But if we can get you with enough jump experience, we can do stuff like I had attempted to do in Iceland. Going other places and then seeing it from 13,000 feet. Dude, it's awesome. Yeah. And then I'm, you can I'm travel totally cool that. to other drop zones. It's There's a really – the skydiving culture, specifically in the U.S., in most instances is very welcoming. You come to yeah. a new ZZ, DZ, people are friendly. They'll be your flyers, but that we're just talking about people, so there's going to be assholes and great people. But the ability to go other places in the U.S. and then potentially go other places in the world and jump, yeah, it's fun, man. You know, this, this past – it it might even be since we've met because and really since that trip when we like when we started combining stuff archery became like palatable for me again because and people listening probably don't really understand that but when you're so involved yeah. you know and you know how and you know I can't show everything that I'm doing and a lot of the people that I'm working with there's NDAs for pe for like startup companies that are like can you get us to the point where we can launch i want what makes me happy is to get my mind off of archery that's why i'm like trying to learn a guitar and i'm not i'm actually glad i'm doing it because it's ridiculous how your brain old, getting older cannot remember anything like you know i just can't i can't remember like five steps away whereas i think when i was a kid i could but I'm getting better at that. And then, you know, one of the things that uh, I just listened to this cool uh, podcast, uh, Human Lab. Have you heard of that, Huberman? I was just going to actually bring that up. I was listening to him on Joe, and he was talking about the elasticity of the mind and how yeah, it decreases. With balance? Yeah. Well, I know how it decreases as you get older. So, But how to rekindle it by, like, struggling with something? Challenging yourself, yeah, so, stimulus. So. If you're frustrated and you can't do something, your body produces, it becomes elastic so that you can learn fast enough to survive. Hmm. One of the things is like balance. So I really feel like when I was learning to skydive, because you remember how hard I would, when you're like, dude, you're le you were doing this. Yeah. And I'd like stick my arms out because <laughs> your brain's like, I know you're saying legs. Yeah. But 
instead of me just freaking stretching my legs out, I'd freaking shove these out and just boom. Oh, I remember. (laughs) So I think with skydiving, I feel like it helped me wake my brain up. Surfing, totally, because you're going to die. You know, especially Jocko, like, takes me right in front of his house. He's like, have you ever surfed? I go, yeah, uh, I did one time with Josh. And he's like, okay, let's go out here. Sounds about right. Yeah. And so uh, I think all that stuff break like gets my mind off what technically kind of has become work to me to where now when I'm here I feel like I'm so much more refreshed at tax and and people come up to me they're like you're so alive right now and I think it's because I didn't burn out I like I've tackled other things that just occupy my mind a little bit and that's why I'm saying I'm 100% down for trips like that I have to get more disciplined about scheduling a non-disciplined activity. Like I have to. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't carve out time for it, my schedule is already detonated for the rest of the year. Yeah. We're only in the seventh month. Yeah. If you ever are able to go to that uh, jujitsu place you identified in, near where you live. Pinnacle. I think, yeah. I think you'll have I that. I found Pinnacle. So if you're from Pinnacle, Iowa, please reach out because I found I found you guys. You didn't have a great. Google map locator, but I, I found you and it looks, it's close and that'll get your mind off archery too. Oh, I bet. Real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, my mind's going to be a hundred percent on freaking please. And, and what's hard about what's hard about, I, I do want to do jujitsu, even if I never progress, like I'd, I'd totally be down with being a white belt my whole life. Honestly, I would, cause I love drilling. Yeah. And so with guitar, I've taken three different apps I've downloaded and only taken their beginner class. And I like, I will not let myself. It, and it says, hey, if you get to 75%, go to the next lesson. You're like, nope. Dude, I cannot freaking do it. I'm, I'm still a super beginner on guitar because I'm still like, if I go to play like Marietta Little Lamb and I can't do it at 100%, I'll just do it the whole freaking day. But that's how I would want my students in archery i'm like listen freaking get this right yeah get this right you get this right and everything else is going to fall into place like trust me with that and so with jits i feel the same way like if i went and just did beginner stuff i feel like it would be therapeutic for me and i'd be fine with that and i and it it might be healthy for me because it's kind of like when you and i rolled at jocko's i mean we didn't roll at jocko's i sat there and was documenting your neck being broken for content we me and you scrapped that was in salt lake city no because jocko goes as much as i want to watch this i know you too he stopped us actually yeah because (laughs) you knew something i had been training for like four months but i knew wrestling and so like as soon as you turned the dial up a little bit then i freaking went in i think i took you down probably and then like and then jot like we were both just going full berserker and Jocko like you heard that chuckle he was just like (laughs) whatever he does and then he stopped us. and then he goes hold up he's like as much as I want to watch you two freaking dudes get after it he's like you're on the cusp of hurting some hurting yourself right now 100% and we were dude because we were we were like going full throttle knowing nothing yeah, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, we were just like, okay, we're on a rubber mats, four sides of us. Let's just start going stupid. 
Have you ever hunted reindeer? Uh, technically caribou or reindeer. We need to go to Iceland and hunt uh, reindeer then. Can you? Apparently you can. We were driving through some areas that had a bunch of signs for reindeer, and they do allow We, we know that. You know why we know that? Remember the uh, Danish kid that was with us in Alberta? He was the guide. Ra- I think his name was Rasmus. He was there one year, and he was a, a John Deere tractor mechanic I from somewhere over there, but he was from Iceland, and he had, I'm sure he hunted there, and he was telling me that they had caribou there. So I, we should I'm do that because, sure. one, it'll knock off the Iceland bucket list for you. Two, yeah. I, I want to go back. Caribou is, like, on my bucket list of animals. I was just at uh, a SIG event with uh, Cole Kramer. Yeah. Who was supposed to be like the leader and the guide of our team, and he failed it both miserably. <laughs> and we probably would have won if he could have hit twenty percent of the shots that he was aiming and lining up for with his rifle. That's neither here nor there. I'm He's just probably saying used it's, to like a four fifty tater tosser with no no sights. I think he's just used to pointing out animals for other people (laughs) and then maybe following up when they gut shoot him into the forest. But um, I was talking to him about going and hunting caribou. So we should go over there and do that. Iceland was one of the, probably New Zealand might beat it for beauty in some areas. But other than that, Iceland is the most beautiful place I've ever been. The only thing that freaked me out was their comfort level with nudity. (laughs) <laughs> so we went to this goddamn uh, natural hot springs, I guess it would be. There's there's oh, one yeah. by Reykjavik, which is the Blue yeah, Lagoon, no. which I have been told is the touristy uh, one. I'm not talking about naked people in the Blue Lagoon. So we went to one in the middle of the country. First off, I didn't realize they smelled like sulfur. That wasn't necessarily enjoyable. <laughs> but you check in, and, you know, and they have like a video series. Like it's East like, Montana tap water? <laughs> is that what it's for like? For sure. You know, you can just that fuel it. mean or whatever. Yeah. Like sulfur to the point where like if I stay in this any longer, I might actually throw up. <laughs> but there's this video. It's like, hey, make sure you shower before you go into the water. I'm like, yep, that totally makes sense. Here's your towel. Here's your key for your locker. I go into the locker room, and there's fucking naked old dudes <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I'm so gonna, I'm, I'm with Denver, uh, and he and I are both like. Are we slinging dick right now like, or not? what is going on? <laughs> so. Literally, literally the first thing I saw as I turned the corner was a man's ass crack oriented directly at my face. So I change and I'm getting ready to leave and I'll never be able to unsee this. There was a dude who was blow drying his dick pubes (laughs) standing there like with a, with like a fucking snowboarding stance (laughs) looking out at other people in the locker room, just and I'm not an expert on, like, men's pubic hair, but it, it was, like, 15 inches long, and it looked like a sea anemone photo. And I'm, like, trying. Where like, a clownfish is going to go in there and I'm hide. sitting there, I'm like, and I turn, and I, I'm like, God damn it. And then I try not to look, but I'm like, fuck, I I got I, I to see this. And so from the profile, literally he's just sitting there just. <laughs> yes. That was my intro to the hot springs. And then, I, like, of course, it was the exact same thing on the way back in, but. So we're not going to hit that on the tour. Everything else about Iceland was amazing. I don't, I don't know where or why that guy thought that was acceptable or that's what a hairdryer is for. I guess technically he's correct, but son of a bitch. Dude, do you remember, um, did I ever tell you about when I used to have to, go, I used to tour through Europe with like some magazine editors. And I know they, you've done a bunch of tours through Europe. Yeah, yeah. and so they would, 
they would drive the car through the day and get me to a new venue and I, I would wake up and then do like seminar and then, but you, you know this and I'm not like super vocal about it, but I suffer from migraines, Yeah, you know, and I, and I really suffer from migraines and I've done all the like, you know, brain scans and everything you can do. This has been something I've dealt with forever. You've had to deal with them in the middle of hunting trips before, oh, like yeah, every time two hour every naps time. in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, and it so arch shooting my bow is what triggers my migraines. So the more that I shoot, the more I suffer for it. And so I was in Europe doing these things, and I was shooting a lot. And what really triggers it is when I have to shoot people's bows that aren't my size. Like whenever, as soon as I have to compress the front shoulder to fit someone's draw. If it cuts my blood flow off long enough, like game on. Yeah, it just like once my head fills up, just because of where that one vessel sits genetically in me. Um, so, I was in Europe, and I got freaking pounded with this migraine, and I took my pill, then I took uh, ibuprofen on top of it, took the second pill, then took the shot, and I'm still like, not. Cause you, you know how like my, that part of my face kind of sags down and stuff. Yep. So, um, I was just like, dude, I'll do it. But like, I'm not, people are going to either think I'm drunk or I've had a stroke. And so he goes, let me, I'll, I'll see if I can find, I said, I need a masseuse. I need someone to dig this out. And so he called me and he goes, I got you an appointment at, he, well, he goes, I got you an appointment at the sauna. And I go, oh, okay, what's that? And he's like, it's like a wellness center. It's got hot tubs and cold baths. And he's like, I got you an appointment with Olga. And he's like, a big German lady, and she'll freaking get that out. So I went, and Olga freaking dropped the elbows on me. And she, like, loosened me up. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. So I freaking roll down to a German sauna, like, a legit place like kind of like what you're just des you're describing and so i just roll in to the area open it up and all the steam like comes out dude and vienna sausage everywhere dude there's there's 50 germans who have never trimmed their pubes ever <laughs> freaking in here and so i just like sit down in the corner with like my freaking you know me undies on or whatever <laughs> And they're all looking at me and just spitting German out. And I'm just like, uh, no sprechen Sie Dutch. You know, I'm just yeah. like, I, I go, uh, dumb American. Like, I'm just, and I know they're saying, get your freaking pants off, kid. And, but like. Why do they care if you have your pants well, on dude, or off? They were, I, I'm telling you, I was, at the time, I bet I was 30 years younger than anyone in there. And everyone's, like, getting pissed, and they're, like, throwing towels across, like, the thing at me. And, and they're, like, yelling at each other, like, they're going, like, like, Hans, freaking, this guy doesn't have, you know, he's got his pants on. So, like, freaking Hans would just come out of the freaking cold bath and just walk over to me and just start talking. And I'm, like, I'm saying, dude, I'm keeping my pants on. But it was and the, and and when I came out, they eventually like ran me out, and and uh, Andre was out there and he goes, they seem very upset, and I go, I go, are you supposed to be naked in there? And he goes, 
always. And I go, yeah, I was in my underwear. And he's just like, yeah, they went like that. Why do they care? I think they think you're coming in and peeping, but they're like, hey, if we're going to show you, you got to show us type thing. Hard pass. Yeah, I was like, dude, I haven't done that since the football locker room. I had a guy. And I was embarrassed then. Like, I was. I had a guy that I went through training with, and he used to like to, when walking back from the shower, he'd have a towel on. But if anybody said anything to him, he would drop his towel and try to wrestle them on the spot, butt-ass naked. It's just like, God damn it, man. Fuck off. <laughs> Dude, so do you have you ever seen the movie Waiting? No. With Ryan. Oh, you got to see it. Waiting? Like W-A-I-T? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Ryan Reynolds. Who I do enjoy, by the way. Well, this is one of his beginning ones. Okay. Like a Van and, Wilder? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And what it is. They work at a place called Shenanigans, but it's just Bennigans where they've changed the first letters on the sign. So they work at Shenanigans, and it's all about the waiting staff. And so they have this, like, game to where if you get the other person to look at your cock, depending on what move you pull is how many times they get to punch you. So, like, the brain, like, if you just grab your ball sack and rake it forward, like, the brain is a one punch. So, if you turn or, and you and right away you have to yell fag when they look at it. You have to go fag, and then you can freaking sock them because you know you got them. So, the bat wing, if you do, a, like, Barklow with a bat wing, dude, could probably freaking, be, like, cover this lantern right here. So, because... Because Barklow can spread his nutsack across the cereal bowl. Like, that's a, that is a true fact. How do you know that? Because he won a bet in the Navy with it. He said he had to soak his balls in a hot bowl, and he said he stretched his sack across the entire cereal bowl. So that would be two punches. So the goat, oh, the goat, the goat is where you tuck it all back. And that's that's three. If you invent one, <laughs> it's four. And I might have this wrong, but I think that's right. So, me and a bunch of my teammates when oh, I was God. when I was shooting for the U.S. team, me and a bunch of my teammates watched that <sighs> on the way over. So I was kind of like thinking, what you know? I'm I'm thinking I need to come up with a new one that's that's four, and oh. <laughs> So my buddy got my buddy Darren got me first. So we we just got through shooting. We freaking won medals. We're like in the room. We're freaking just starting to drink cuz like closing ceremony is going to happen. We're like partying. And we're all and uh me and Dave are sitting there and Cooper comes out of the freaking shower and he's like got his he's got his towel and uh there's like steam and he kind of has his back to us and it looks like he's kind of making out like he's going to pull his undies on like any normal dude would do. And so like a respectable human being. Yeah. And he goes, Hey, do you guys, he goes, do you guys know what time it is? And, and, and I go, what? And I turn around and dude, he had wrapped his dick around his, <laughs> around his watch band. And he, so it was just this snake sleeve and he goes, Hey, do you know what time it is? And I'm like, Oh, and he goes fag, you know, and he freaking punched me three times. And I, and I'm like, what are you going to call that? And he goes, I'm calling it the Gucci band. Well, dude, he freaking cracked his cock, so he ended up having this freaking bruise around his cock. And he and he was saying, like, dude, no one's going to believe me that I did it doing this dumb game. Like, you know, he was worried about his about his wife. 
And I'm like, tell her about the game. He's like, yeah, right. Like, who's going to fall for that? So anyway, I spent the next day thinking, how do I one-up that? So I freaking did a brass knuckles and got him the next morning. <laughs> I go, hey, you guys want to fight? I got a cool set of brass knuckles. And I freaking had it like, like and, the, and so I got everybody. So you, got, you should watch that show. It's good. It's good. Other than that, that's kind <sighs> of. Bam. I mean, I, I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard right now. <laughs> Fuck. Yes. It's hard, to, but it's hard to explain to people how absolutely idiotic adult males are <laughs> and what we derive extreme amount of entertainment and pleasure from. It really boils down to like probably six things, though, if you really like if you had a spreadsheet on it and you're like, what's the common denominator of. You know, like, th this stage gets burned down, and it'd be like, oh, they started talking about, like, ways to show each other their their junk. And then you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's when the, everyone started drinking and laughing, and then the freaking, they burned the Christmas trees on the stage or whatever. Sounds about right. Like, for you, I'll never forget, like, being all excited. I got home. Season was over. It was like, I told, uh, I think it was... I don't know if it was Christmas Eve or if it was the day before Thanksgiving, but I told Sharon, like, I really want to try this cow elk tenderloins. And I'm like, we're, we'll have turkey tomorrow, but we're going to have this unbelievable, because I was excited to have a cow tag because it was the first thing I was going to, first time I was going to shoot an elk that wasn't like rank yeah. during the rut. So I freaking like, pull this thing out of my freezer and I saw it said elk tenderloin so I just like thought it out and then when I go to cook it and I like grab the top of the bag and it like unrolls itself like you were your only job was to label the bags which I did and there's like dicks on every one of my freaking <laughs> elk every one of my elk bags has a different kind of dick drawn on it that's correct. <laughs> I did label the bag, though. Yes. It has the year, the animal, and then a special the cut, gift. The cut. Yeah. And the and the dick And the jib. <laughs> yes. Uh, at the coffee shop, while well, they were doing the foundation pour, I've hidden cocks all over the coffee shop that'll be behind the construction. And then the construction guys are on board, so we're having a contest to see how many dicks we can hide it. Dude, where was it where we were uh, we were hunting and someone like didn't know your personality and a guide came up to me and goes, I don't know if you should tell Andy, but someone's playing a pretty bad prank on him and he's got purple dicks on his uh, on his tire caps. And I go, oh, he definitely put those on there. <laughs> I didn't put those on there. <laughs> but you kept them on. Somebody put those on at the gym, assuming that I was going to get pissed, and I saw them. I'm like, those are sweet. <laughs> Dude, they're And I've been awesome. driving around with them for like two years now. Big old rubber dick yeah. just off your freaking air cap. My daughter saw it the other day. She goes, Dad, why is there a black dick on there now? It used to be purple. I'm like, that's just road grime. She was like, oh, good. I thought you had changed them out. You put some slime in your tire for a flat. Yeah, the guy who had he actually the guy who uh, had done it was pissed who that was I did. It? Uh, it was a guy from the gym. Oh, um, if you're up there and I can introduce him to him, I will. But was he, he did he was is he from like, the jujitsu gym? Did he work there at one time? No, he's just a guy I trained oh, okay, with. Okay, okay. But he was pissed because he thought I was going to have like this eruption of anger, <laughs> and instead I'm like, those things are awesome. I'm never taking those off. 
So I'll just like give this spoiler alert to anyone out there who thinks they're going to like do something for Andy where there's going to be a big reaction. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> he is going to purposely let you down because he knows how bad you want to get a reaction. And then natural you, you're going to be like, cool. I had one of my Cause I, cause infrequent when I, outbursts in Iceland that I was telling you and Sharon about. Yeah, that was, that was sweet. That was like a 10-year emotional event that I, I probably won't have another one for a decade. But it was appropriate for the setting that we were in. I kind of want to be there for that. I do want to see one of those. <laughs> I have it recorded on my phone. So like I said, at dinner tonight, I can... <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. Not my proudest moment. I will preface it with that. Because I definitely thought I'd ha I thought I had you when I came and surprised you. Oh, at Denver's house? Yeah. Yeah, I saw your reflection in the mirror, though, or in I the know. window. I saw. I knew that. Like, when he pulled in with, like, lights on and everything, I'm just like, oh, this isn't going to work. But I was surprised to see you guys. Your back was – yeah, I knew you were. And I actually, I could tell deep down you were, like, really thankful. But I also could tell you were, like, fighting it off. You're like, don't, don't let him have this moment. Uh. Because I'm like, I don't think it's intentional like that. I think I'm just a little bit more. I kind of thought that you would maybe have a little tear because we hadn't seen each other in like eight. How long was it? Eighteen months? No, it hadn't been that long. But it had been a stretch. It was definitely our longest stretch separated for sure as brothers. Yeah, step brothers. Step brothers. Yeah, you have to call me Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> what is your call uh, me my concho? What time are we going to dinner? Do we have a reservation at we seven? We don't have any reservation. Oh, we're sweet. at an hour right now. We so. are at an hour. We can keep going though. Uh, hunting season is right around the corner. What's it look like for you? Hectic. And honestly, I'm going back to my roots of what I kind of went on a lot of hunts with newer people that I wanted to really get into into hunting and stuff like that but truthfully i am very much a loner like i'm not a big camp person yeah um i mean i love like i loved hunting with you and barklow well like, that was awesome one I of love the things, having caleb one of the things you've said that is held true about camps is that you can determine really really quickly whether or not you're going to get along with somebody in a camp it's like awesome or I hope I never fucking see you again for Dude, the rest I of my life i bet what happened to you guys <laughs> up at your games when you guys did the, was it SIG? Who are you with? Uh, the Hunter Games, yes. The Hunter Games? Yep. Because that was like unexpected turmoil. I kind of feel like there might have been a few people that were like, I thought this guy, like that litmus test was definitely dipped in some stuff there. So I oh, wonder, for sure. I wonder if there was some fallout with, with people that would have you would have assumed would have been best buddies. The weather was rapidly changing. <laughs> like, it snowed one day, wet one day. Things were totally all over the place, cold. I mean, it stressed people out for sure, more than they probably thought that they were getting into. I know. But we love that. I don't mind it at all. I, yeah. If I'm being honest, I take well, dude, we a FaceTimed. small amount of joy in other people's suffering. I know. <laughs> you, and, you and Glover both. <laughs> because, honestly, we FaceTimed that morning, and uh, – and you guys had Jack in the back seat, and he was just sitting there like he's he's done some cool stuff. So you guys were just like chilling. He was just in the back, but I you know I'm like how bad is it? And you two were just laughing at like how bad it was. And you're like people could legitimately die, and you're laughing about it. So I'm like this this would probably be good. Yeah, Jack Osborne by the way, fucking awesome. 
Yeah, he seemed cool. <clears throat> Not one complaint. Totally proficient behind a rifle. Seemed to totally. He was super cool. Yeah, J those things are cool. But like, I've never told anyone I have time to do anything like that because I really don't. I didn't Especially either. Especially with tack. I didn't either. Mike invited me, and I slammed it in. I forget where I was coming from, but I was on the road somewhere before that. No, I was going to a jiu-jitsu seminar right after that. So I went from there to Vegas and did four days of jiu-jitsu and then went home. So I was on, I slammed those two trips together. That's all, Yeah. Well, it, if I ever, like, retired from archery, I would love to do something like that. But I, I honestly feel like I'm picking I'm, – I'm almost, like, leaving people that I – that I really am passionate about educating, I feel like I'm like ditching them for a week to go do something that's not archery. And I do love shooting gun like you and I shotguns, yeah. our buddy Wes, um, Tony. I mean, I'm so thankful to be able to like experience that with those guys. And, and they, they teach, you know, if I ever have a question on it, like, Hey, what is this? Cause I'm, I'm, I have curiosity. It's awesome to be able to know that. And I would love to, I would love to get really good at that. Like I would love to, to do, I would love to do like a real sniper school at some point. Like it would be awesome to do one with like you or Terry or Mike, you know, get, hmm. some, get some guys. It would be, I would love to, to learn that. Like, you know, I, w you I would already know that. most of it, the field craft aspect of it and how to the stalking portion, we could almost skip the concealment and, yeah. The use of dead space and being able to read terrain and, and win, like, that would be easy. It would just be more time behind the gun. Yeah, I would love that. I would love to know those nuances. Because that one time we shot your, uh, you had that, you had that, uh, what was it? Was it 300 Win Mag? Down at that West's semi? place? Yeah. Yeah, it was 300 Win Mag. And you taught me how to shoot that. We were shooting pretty far. It's like 700, I think. Yeah, and then and then Wes built me a 6.5. Yep. And, and we shot 1,000 together. Um, which was cool, but I, I I remember thinking I like hitting the gong, you know, or the bell. Um, but I also would love the technicality of like, because you would say, "Hey, dude, lay your feet out like this and yeah. like sink down more, like melt in." That sort of thing I just feed off of. Like I love. It's I the love same way you that. teach. You teach it from the ground up. And what's cool about it too is. Every time I do take time away from archery to learn something like that, it gives me one way to, like, relate it to someone that's from your previous career. It's It allows me, like, a segue of, like, hey, you know when you were in pistol school and they talked to you about outside thumb pressure? That's, like, when you're grabbing your bow and you're putting your fingers around, it's just like you doing that. And then they're like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. So learning some of that stuff from a foundation point of view would be, I, I personally feel like it makes me a better coach in my field. Yeah, it's just increasing sense. your vocabulary yeah, and ability is, to connect. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So back to the hunting. You're going old school. You're going to go lone wolf. What do you got planned? I'm going to go uh, first. I'm going to go with uh, Dusty and Jeremy and – Hunt Canada. Yeah. I'm going to go back up with uh, Red Willow Outfitters. but uh, we're Are gonna you going to check the bottles of water before you have them? Possibly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Fucking great sickness of whatever year that yeah. was. Yeah. I'm I'm going back, and I'm – honestly, it, it's always been fun for me when we go up there and we, 
have the motor home and we just go around and knock on doors and hunt crown land and and do all that thing within the units that we're allowed to um but i'm gonna double down on that time and just get out there with people that you know i consider are my brothers and not be picky about what i shoot i mean it's it's i'm gonna shoot the first legal bull i see i can guarantee oh so you're gonna go with my theory yeah yeah your your theory is if it's legal shoot and keep shooting until they tell you to stop or or it dies or make you stop yeah yeah well you keep shooting even after it's dead sometimes (laughs) you got to make sure well no you said my quiver holds five (laughs) and sometimes you need five (laughs) meanwhile your outfitter's like dude freaking i have to field dress that thing please stop it gets a little wild sometimes. Yeah, I think I think your some of your previous nature <laughs> rekindles itself <laughs> when you see stuff twitching and flopping about. You kind of because I saw you remember that time um, we all lined up with ARs and pistols, yeah, and and that we were on that huge ass pack of hogs, yep, and just like I mean I've never been in the middle of brass raining on me like that. But every one of us emptied everything we had. And I remember very clearly you guys, like, lit it up with ARs. And I just had, like, a Glock. And then I don't know if it was you or Evan called, like, advance. It was Evan. And, and like, because you guys had set up. And, and, then you're, and then Evan's like, advance. And I remember, like, you just taking off into that freaking powder smoke and you just everything that was flopping, you freaking double tapping on the run on the way back, just like right at like just dit, 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 dit. so I don't I assume that was like part of your training of like you know if something's still twitching, give it a couple confirmations. But I think that part of you sometimes reveals itself in the archery format, which is a little weird for me to to like watch. But I guess from your background, you probably needed to make sure and if you're only going to shoot one arrow just give me one arrow (laughs) if you're going to give me a quiver of five there's no reason to come back with five so so what else do you have after uh alberta well just kind of like elk and um i've got an antelope tag i didn't draw a bull tag that i wanted but i've got a cow tag there i'll do that again and uh hope to meet up with you somewhere yeah you know i want to meet up with you somewhere but as of right now, I'm most looking forward to the beginning of August and just getting up into Canada where it's, you know, eating food out of the RV and, you know, just I wish I could go with you, man. So obviously the end of August, right before that, you'll be with us in Kalispell for the wedding. But Yeah, dog. It's uh, – Fuck, my schedule fills up so fast. Yeah, I knew that was well. well honestly, and the origin camp overlays yeah, that yeah. week too. As soon as as soon as you went to the origin camp last year, I'm like, well, we're gonna have to figure out where else we need. You know what we need to figure out? We need to figure out a spring hunt, like like when I had the lease in Oklahoma. I I'm, I miss you having that place because it yeah. was fun, and it, it's like at the end of the day, not to be like degrading to an animal, but it's like yeah. it's hogs. I mean. You uh, can go light oh, them up I missed. every day. Yeah, oh, I missed. Every, yeah. They'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, and they're such a good learning tool, and I think they keep you sharp. Like, halfway through the season, to have something like that to keep you sharp, I think, is critical anyway. 
but that's a good time. Like that's a good time. We need to do that. Yeah. I'm going to find that. And actually, we uh, should do an international trip a year for something other than chamois that, uh, dude, that's still on my freaking, <laughs> like that's still on my wanted dead or alive freaking banner. I, I want to get back for that. Like we need to, what would you change about it though? That would have given nothing. us a better shot opportunity. Nothing. I, I dude, I want it to suck that bad again. Yeah. I loved, and, and I want a camera guy that, can't hang might kill himself <laughs> at the end of it <laughs> i'm sure we could just take back dude, pepe Le Pew. dude that was so fun i mean everything about like you were so pissed you're like if my bags don't make it to paris i'm freaking turning around i'm like bitch you're coming here no matter what i got stuck for like three days i know for those you, things. you had and you miss like the shittiest part of the trip like you know, <laughs> it was freaking sketchy and awesome. And and I think, I don't know, it was so fun. We're just hiking around, and I had never seen one in real life either. So we didn't even really know what we were looking for. No, we and might I still, not even, We I, might not even have a shot at one. I still couldn't <laughs> like, tell you the difference been. between the male and a female chamois. Yeah. They look exactly the same. Hey, tell me uh, our freaking guide. What was his name? Pierre. I think it was Pierre. Was there a child that was just murdered? No, that, that was, was amazing. You, that was you learning to Google for the first time. No, I'm way better than that now. <laughs> Maybe now. But, th- but I haven't practiced since that last time that you were teasing me with the camera in front of me. You liar. I have never practiced. People you- ask me how I call bulls in, and I go, I'm usually standing next to Dudley. I'm like, hey, Dudley, <laughs> call, call <that>. the elk. <laughs> just like last year you when I hit practiced- that fucking thing right in the shoulder. I know, dude. You literally hit. One percent of the animal were nothing that you see. If you would have shot that thing with honestly with the wrong caliber rifle, I guarantee you it would have broke that arm, but not got into yeah. the cavity. It's you just hit it right on the knuckle, knuckle, knuckle. But your shot looks so freaking good. I was so there. comfortable standing there, just like taking and that my bull time. Is still walking around. He didn't die. You think? Mm-hmm. How yeah. do you know that? Yeah, because they went and looked for him. Like they spent a lot of time looking. Well, if you see him when you're out there, even though you have only a cow tag, just shoot him in the other arm then. <laughs> well, he might have a really cool rack now. Like one side might be like just super awesome. The other side is just going to be really gnarly. How old would you guess that bull was? That's another thing I'm not good at is estimating age. I think he was probably five to six. How about the herd bull that was kind of moving them all over the Nine. place? That thing was to a hoss. Yeah. I would have well, shot him hey, right in the shoulder, one, too. Once again, both of those animals were inside of 100 making their way to us. Yeah. But honestly, we were in a freaking awesome spot. Well, and like, you made the mistake of saying, hey, you could shoot that one if you want to. And I was like, <laughs> that's what I was going to come to <laughs> is, is like every elk is following the other elk. And so naturally there's like cows filtering through and then. This satellite bull is like fifth in line Just and fucking he, around. And he comes up to to fifty yards, was it? Mm. It wasn't far. It's like forty five. Forty five yards. And the other bull is like fifty yards behind him, like in the nineties realm. And you kinda like looked at me and I go, Hey dude, it's your tag. I go, You can shoot whatever you want and you're just like ding 
freaking drawn back, and I'm like, all right, there's a 375 bowl right there. You and did not say that for clarity. You were like, go, go for it. I'm like, dude, it's a sweet shot. And, yeah, there's like a 375 bull here, and then there's like a 300 satellite bull, and you were just like, whatever, dude, I'm launching. <laughs> I'm taking the guarantee. And freaking, yeah. yeah, go full throttle. Yeah, hopefully I can get a bull down this year. I ended up getting a cow. I have a maintenance tag in Wyoming. It has to be five or less on one side that could be rifle or bow. So I have that as well, and then the bull tag in Utah. So you're saying you said you had a maintenance cow tag, five or bull. less? Oh, it's a bull tag. So yeah. five or less. Five or less on so one side. To, so it's got to be a scrubber. Or, well, that big sucker I shot with the deformity, like you're, what that bull you shot knuckled on the arm, he's going to have a massive one side and a weird the other side. So, because of the injury? Yeah, like he might only have like three on this side, but then this side could be freaking legit. The opposite side of the injury is where it'll yep. be abnormal. Well, so hopefully this year I can get a bull on the ground. I mean, obviously the Utah tag is a, probably at least I'll have a good opportunity at oh, yeah. it. And then I have the Montana tag. Nelson's going to take us for a rifle hunt on that for Christensen. That'll be cool. It should be fun. Yeah. It, uh, it was a wild trip last year being out in gale force winds in a wall tent. Leah with you for that one? She is. Yeah. Okay. yeah she, last year was she? She was. She doubled up. She did a mule deer right. buck and doe from the same ridgeline. And just suppressors are amazing, yeah. as you know. Yeah. The deer are just sitting there and just, are you all right, Bob? <laughs> ah, Bob's taking a nap. How? <laughs> yeah. Yes. She tagged out literally in a three-minute time period. It was awesome. Uh, that is like, awesome. Like ear-to-ear grin on her face. And then, the, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. I think, uh, I think we definitely need to. We need to make sure we have the spring. Hunt. I think we'll both have more flexibility if we do a spring hunt, and I think it would For give sure. us more of a chance to plan. And we could do something. Is there anything in Canada that's spring? Do they do bear up yeah, there? Yeah, bear. I mean, BC bear is like my favorite. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, after this past year of letting those guys watching every one of them shoot a something, it was so rewarding for me to watch that. And so, uh, you know, even even in Alberta, I told Dusty, I'm like, you need to have a tag when I'm when I'm hunting too. Yeah. Because it's just they're they're just my nucleus, man. I mean, they've been they've been part of my pack since like your first team. You know what yeah. I mean? The best part of the rifle trip that we did with Nelson last year was, well, I could I could care less about killing an animal with a rifle, like. I enjoy the process, and I, I love the meat, obviously. Yeah. But being able to be there with Leah and talk her through it. Yep. And, like, set it up and put all the conditions in place for success and then just watch her hammer down. And then Erica had never hunted to be able to, like, yeah. ride on her shoulder, talking to her, like, hey, you got nothing but time. And then Denver made a varsity, like, over 400-yard shot in a full-value left-to-right wind, just dropped this thing. It actually ran, and it tripped directly into i was thinking of you when we walked up on it because its jaw was basically backwards i was like oh god damn <laughs> <laughs> it went full bore right into it i i could care less about my opportunities yeah. in in that situation i was so happy for everybody else that's how i felt every time i've hunted with you i mean that you know there's like there's something as as i don't know if i'd call myself a veteran hunting but i would just say someone that 
I think just about everybody else in the hunting world would, so you're probably safe to. Well, I would just say as a seasoned hunter, when you get to the point where you're looking for that next thing that, like, gets you, because even seeing big stuff doesn't, like, it doesn't ramp me up. If I see something, I'm like, whoa, I'll, I'll probably go, like, there's a 400. You know, if it was a bull, I'd be like, there's a 400. But I wouldn't be like, oh, I got to get, get a shot at that thing. Like, I wouldn't do that. But when I see, like, you locked in on that first bear and you're looking at me like, okay, walk me through this. And, I'm and you know, I'm telling, like, hey, wait for that one to turn or whatever. All those moments to me are, like, a hunt. I remember all those more than everything I've shot in Canada for myself when you were there. Yeah. Because when I was uh, – actually, when I was making the post for here, just to tell people that we were going to just kind of do an impromptu podcast, uh, I was – I just locked on your picture on my iPhone and just, like, looked up pictures of Andy. Oh, there's going to be some weird shit on there. Yeah. Well, yeah, your first uh, – <laughs> the first time you let me put uh, face paint on you was, was a awesome. dick. A big dick. Yeah. On the side, which is your profile picture when you call me. Yep. But uh, – Dude, I didn't realize we've killed a lot of shit together, but what I remember is I remember yours. But when I was looking back through, I'm like, oh, damn, Andy was with me when I killed that muley and that muley and that elk, and you farted on me when I was, like, trying to freaking cape that one. That's true. Like, it's from a normal hunter's lifespan point of view, I mean – in that four-year period prior to COVID, we were on a pretty freaking ridiculous rampage. Animals were running in every direction <laughs> except for the one we were coming from. <laughs> I feel like the only place we skunked out was... Uh, France. France and the freaking turkeys in Kansas. Yeah. You mean when the fucking cow stuck its head into my turkey blind? <laughs> yeah. And I sent you a picture. I was like, hey, Dudley, is this what we're looking for? <laughs> yes. And the flash made the cow's <laughs> eyes red. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I think that's the only time we haven't like done well. And well, we got zero opportunities on the turkey. Yeah, like heard mm. a couple in the distance, and on the chamois, each of us had one shot at over a hundred yards, and that animal was at least six to eight feet from where they were when the arrow was released for yeah. both of us. We got yeah. So. P- Pierre was like, "Go for it." It might have been Philippe. What Perhaps you- Simone. <laughs> I'm not sure what his name was. Dude, he would he'd be dialed in at a sauna. Oh yeah. Did he have Playboy uh Speedo <sighs> underwear? He'd be cock flapping everywhere. He would probably be nude before no, going in. Was it body glove or Playboy? Like he had a he had branded G strings. It wasn't a G string. That's excessive. It was Speedo ish. It was boxer it was briefs for sure. I think it was like It was a Euro cut high yeah. hip brief. It was a Euro cut high hip. What fucked me up about that is him doing the very intensive yoga and stretching every morning, dude. In the every, briefs in front of the fireplace, every which morning, no one needs to see. <laughs> I was okay trying with, to have our coffee, yeah. And Pierre would just be freaking getting after it on the yoga mat, dude. Yeah. In his, I'm sure they were. I think he bought a five pack because they all had like a big Playboy like logo on them. But like I remember the bright ass orange ones. Do you remember those with the with the white bands? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, hey man, I don't need to see what you ate for lunch yesterday while you're stretching. Like what the fuck. So on that note, you ready for some food? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It's up to you, dude. This is your podcast. I'm just here. Uh, well, Sharon's going to get mad at us at some point. We told her till seven. That's four minutes from now. Oh, dude, that we're pretty good. Yeah, it's perfect. We're almost yeah, at an hour pretty, and a half. We're pretty awesome. Is there any questions from the peanut gallery? Quick, you guys got anything you want to ask Andy? No. Anybody? Dang, they missed their chance. Perfect. That was uh, internet gold right there. Because normally your impromptu answers are completely unfiltered and and often awkward for me to sit there and listen to well to make sure i make it through without a major fallout yes <laughs> i mean you somehow have came out of several nuclear freaking meltdowns <laughs> with i mean freaking everybody from seagal to instagram to crossfit or whoever else you just speak your mind about i just try to tell the truth Sometimes the truth is hard to hear. I love it. No, I actually enjoy hearing <laughs> it when it comes out of your mouth. It's the best. <laughs> On that note, until next time. You ready? I'm good, bro. Thank you. Boom. Done. Be sure to check out knockonarchery.com for our full line of custom design products, as well as free in-depth education and bow hunting entertainment to help you shoot at your best.